Tonight we wish to thank the following listeners and contributors to tonight's show. The Rooster, a.k.a. David Gray from the Aussie Geek Podcast. Two Schooners and Podcasters Emporium. He does the last two with James Williams. Wayne Henderson from Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan, as well as Lost Casting. Hearn are the Hearn. And Jason, uh, my brother, who has often contributed to the show. Also, Kevin Kresge. And Wooly Mittens. We want to thank all our listeners as well. This show is for you. Welcome to the Dining at the End of the Universe podcast, where we serve up all sorts of spicy conversations of the latest science fiction movies and television shows that we are watching. If you want to find out more about Dining at the End of the Universe, please visit DiningAtTheEndOfTheUniverse.com. Welcome to the Dining. Welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe, the place where we talk about Miles' bad trek habit. Yes, but we are going to give you all a break. Right. Uh, Miles is entering a 12-step program and um, uh, for other Trekkies who are trying to break the habit. And during that time, he is not allowed to talk Trek. So we have at least 12 weeks while he's in the program. Yes, uh, but doesn't mean I can't still watch Trek. Yes, yes, yes. We just we just don't talk about it. Well, that's fine. I I, I will. I'll have to satisfy myself by watching Star Trek. And and so and so. That being said, we will not talk much Trek. There'll be a little bit of news, just talking about how the movie's done. But we're that's gonna, about it. You, the listeners, will get a little break from Trek. Little, yeah, a little break. You know, when we're off the air and we're not recording, I hear all I hear is track, track this, track that, track this, track that. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's, he patters me. He he holds me down and says, "Hey, did you see track?" And he gives me all these meaningless facts I don't know anything about. Right. And uh, you, being the Star Wars fan, you know, naturally, you know, have an aversion to Trek. Right. You know. Right. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. However, you are, you know, you, you did kind of convert a little bit with the new film. Well, yeah, and I always enjoyed Trek. I was just never a Trekkie, okay. I guess. I, well, don't, I don't know. What, what defines a Trekkie? Um, I, See, I, here, we're, here we're talking Star Trek again. But what defines a Trekkie? Let's talk about this. Well, I, I, I don't own – I'm not one of those people that own a costume when I go to a convention, so you'll never see me in a costume. However, do I enjoy Star Trek? Do I um, – probably know more than I should, yes, but I enjoy it. But, right. I mean, uh, you probably know – Probably you know, probably in a Star Wars trivia game. As far if you and I were going at it, you 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 might you know you might win that. Maybe one. maybe, but you own that Star Wars trivia game and you mm-hmm. have it memorized, so I might be out of luck. Just maybe. It, I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> all those Star Wars books you have in your uh, true. I've done a lot of reading, but yeah, but all extended universe stuff, mm-hmm. the the movie stuff, um, maybe not so much. Anyways, my name is Scott. And I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we will be your diners tonight for Dining at the End of the Universe. Uh, by the way, want to drop a note about last week's episode. We had actually a lot of good response in last week's episode. Um, 
you want to talk about that at all? Uh, just from from when I was looking at things, um, there's a couple you know fan film forums I frequent on the um, Star Trek Phase Two fan forums. I you know let everybody know as soon as the uh, podcast was out, and uh, there's a couple comments, but there was over. Under fifteen views, oh, just from that one forum, and you posted to a bunch of different forums. Right. I know that uh, Willie Mittens on Twitter had just said that he had never realized there was such a huge fan base of, mm-hmm. uh, for fan films, and right. you know the the, the, the the way people invest their money. It was kind mm-hmm. of it is kind of interesting when you think about that whole thing. True, yeah. Uh, the only thing I do have to apologize from last week's episode was is we uh, <clears throat> I forgot to shut the window. And so uh, I did mention it in the show notes, and every once in a while, even though the windows are shut, you might still hear some echoes of cars just because of the street we're on. But most times you will not hear that, and I apologize for not shutting the window and you hearing all those um, spaceships fly by, right? Yes, the spaceships, uh, Uh, they need new mufflers. Right, they do. They do. They they sound too much like cars. Mm -hmm. They need to be retrofitted. Mm -hmm. But retrofitted, right. Maybe the uh, corporism of American can do that. It should at least do something good. Right, right, right. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later mm-hmm. on. But I, that, that's it for that. Just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Although you did have some news based on that uh, episode that kind of relates. Well, it just sort of uh, slightly providential. Um, shortly after our, the podcast that we did on Star uh, Trek fan films, that included our interview with John Broughton, um, the weekend after we we uh, did the podcast um, – they entered one of their fan uh, fan films uh, at this uh, convention, and it won an award. And um, it's the second time they 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 won an award for what they're doing. So uh, yeah, it was best fan film of two thousand nine, right? Right, right. Yeah, so, so I mean that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah um, so uh, you know, congratulations to, to uh, Starship Farragut for that. Yeah. So just uh, and they had won they won two years in a row for one of the nail last year, right? Right. In which right. we had kind of talked about in the last mm-hmm. episode. But anyways, uh, on tonight's menu. Just to give you a little bit of a preview of where you're going to be hitting tonight, we are going to be talking about trivia. We'll give you the – someone did answer the last trivia question for the past two weeks. So we're going to be talking about that. We'll also give you new trivia at the end of the show, and you will get a chance to win the new Star Trek book based on the motion picture written by – Alan Dean Foster. Yeah, who is a very, very well, well-known writer. And, uh, right. Um, and it's a really good book. Really follows closely and gives you some details that you wouldn't always expect. We'll talk about that a bit more. We'll also talk about Warehouse 13. We have a release date and a new trailer out for that. Also, we'll be talking about Dollhouse. We have <clears throat> we have a Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider reboot. We'll be talking about as well as a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer film that will be set to go. Land of the Lost. We have Tom the Tom Swift movie. And uh, we'll talk about Star Trek and how it's been doing. And lastly, in news, we'll be talking about actually two things. Uh, the Book of Eli, the Star Wars, the Old Republic. That's a video game, not a movie. So it's not a new Star Wars movie. No, no rumors there. And lastly, we'll talk about our main topic for the night, which we'll wait to, I guess, address that then. But it'll be dealing with, do you think V is has an agenda? Maybe that's the best way to say it, right? Yes. I mean, so, and we'll talk about we'll talk about that uh, closer to the time. So that's it for at least the summary of where we're headed okay. at the diner. What's on the menu tonight? So, uh, why don't we move into trivia, Miles? All right. Well, uh, we do have a winner, and uh, the question was: um, in the original V miniseries, who was the female lead visitor? 
uh, we asked for her name, uh, her real name, and her character name. And the, uh, the answer is Jane Badler played the role of Diana. Right. And the winner was Kevin Kresge, who, uh, who correctly answered that question. And he won a copy of the novel Parapsycho by Daniel J. Bohannock. Um, uh, a, a copy which you can get actually on Lulu. And, um, anyways, you can, uh, I'll, I'll have the link in the show notes and you can find out more about it. It's really gotten some good response from the people I've been, uh, who have been sharing that I've read it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading myself. So, yeah, and Miles just landed his copy today. So, and, uh, he, I made him answer a trivia question before he got it. So, just hey, so you know, we all have, you know, all have a price to pay. All yeah, have a price to pay. We definitely. have to earn things. Right. Right. All right, well, uh, why don't we get into our news? What is this news thing they speak of? It's massive! It's big! News! Okay, we're at the news segment. We're going to talk about what's happening in the sci-fi world, what you can be looking forward to, and what you may want to forget about. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, we take the good, the bad, the ugly, and we talk about it all. And uh, that's kind of where we're going to be going. We're going to try, by the way, and keep our, our our comments on these articles, our news stories, till about five, seven minutes, <laughs> if we can. We do tend to get long-winded in some of them some time, but in an effort to keep the show at a reasonable length, we'll try to do that. It's hard. We're just a bunch of fanboys talking we about sci-fi. Are. And we have about seven or eight stories to talk about, so it could be – that's almost half an hour right there. So, so. we got to be uh – Let's uh let's let's get trucking on it, shouldn't we? Let's start with uh Warehouse thirteen. Two top government agents. That. Have just been reassigned. Due to being South Dakota, those coordinates of noon tomorrow. To the middle of nowhere. Oh! Come on in. I made cookies. Ooh. This July. Welcome to Warehouse 13. What is this place? Officially, K39 Triple Z on the North American grid. If it's unknown, it's in here. I like to think of it as America's attic. But I still have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Hunt down whatever is threatening to ruin the world's day. Gonna snag it, back it, and tag it. You've made a mistake. I'm too valuable to be wasted here. It needs your combined talents. I mean, he's intuitive, and you've got a scrupulous eye for detail. You must be Pete and Micah. Denver to D.C. to warehouse security guard. But don't you think this stuff is kind of cool? <laughs> you take this seriously. I don't even know what we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, something that's out of place. Well, that was scary. Drop the comb. Micah! Take a deep breath. We're going to shake it out. Come back down to Earth. This is crazy. It could be crazy fun. An invitation to endless wonder. I'm thrilled you're on the team. A new Sci-Fi Channel original series, Warehouse 13, coming this July. All right, Miles, what do you think? It it piques my interest. I'm definitely going to see the pilot episode and... um, has a little bit of humor in it um, when the guy says, uh, come in, I brought cookies. And the guy says, okay, I'm in. It's just yeah, the a- sound of the cow in the background mm-hmm. being in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's kind of kind of, kind of cute, I guess. Uh, cute maybe isn't the best word to describe that movie. Quaint maybe. Uh, quaint. But you know what? This might also get your interest. Stargate Atlanta star Joe Flanagan 
will be appearing also on the show mm-hmm. as a guest. Also, former Battlestar Galactica cast members, Trisha Huffler, Huff, Michael Hogan, and Mark Shepard. Are they guest starring? Or They're they... guest starring. Okay. They all. Other guest stars also include Gossip Girl's James Naughton. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Roger Rees of Cheers and Eureka's Joe Morton, Erica Sarah, and Niall Matter. And Ivan Sergi from Crossing Jordan. So all these people are going to be guest starring. So they have a list of guest stars kind of lined up for them. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. It has a very good premise. Um, yeah. It could be interesting. Yeah. could be interesting. And uh, by the way, the release date for that, I believe I have that somewhere. Didn't I put that down? Yeah, you have it July 7th. Oh, yeah, July 7th. Right before shore leave, uh, two-hour pilot at 9 p.m. I wonder what day of the week that is. Well, it can't be Friday. So let's see, the 10th is Friday. So backing it up. What, we're Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Per- so that, you know, if you don't have anything going Tuesday night, it might up. be uh, lining it up in your... Uh, on your sci-fi channel. Yes. I believe it's a sci-fi channel show, so mm-hmm. we'll be good. Anyways, uh, anything else we need to talk about regarding Warehouse? No, no. Um, no but, I mean, uh, definitely want to check it out. I mean, it, it looks like i got some good guest stars. Uh, yeah. So. yeah. Well, let's talk about Dollhouse. Let's talk about Dollhouse. The world is a very simple place at first. Then as we grow up, it grows around us. A dense thicket of complication disappointment I know you've heard colourful rumours about what an active is robots zombie slaves they are of course quite the opposite an active is the truest soul among us hello Echo did I fall asleep? for a little while All right. So uh, what's the news in Dollhouse this week? I mean, the show's over, right? The we have, a, D- we have, over, a, we have but... a DVD coming out sometime this month, I, mm-hmm. July, I believe, mm-hmm. in a time for Comic-Con, I guess, in California. But we know we're getting another season. Which and... is phenomenal. Another 13 episodes, actually. So it's not a full season, but a half season we have, at least. Hopefully that'll you know bring the, the yeah. viewers. But uh, the you know for those of us who are admire of Joss Whedon's work and um, – Missing Terminator, uh, he's going to try to get uh, Summer Glau in. Yep, and uh, it sounds like what he's trying to do is get her in on a character that's not so mental. <laughs> well, that, you know, the, the first thing you think of uh, Summer Glau, Dollhouse, okay, she's going to be a doll. Right. But um, that's good. I mean, uh, hopefully, maybe a little less typecasting for her. Um, right, because here's the reality. In 4400, mm-hmm. she was typecast. Absolutely. And... Same type of role in Firefly, right? And the same type of role as a psychotic little robot girl protecting John Connor right. in Terminator. So it'll be nice to see a new role with her. Yeah, I, I like to see her career grow and, and, and expand, get better. Although I'm going to miss the old Summer Glau, I'm going to admit it. Well, there's part that, there's part of me that uh, I like that in her. That's what the Firefly and Terminator DVDs are for, right? I can go back and rewatch, right. rewatch them and drool, right? Right, <laughs> right. you know, basically or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, so that's coming out. That, that I, we we might hope to see her on in the next season. So cool. that's what we hope. Uh, the, no no official word on that. Just a comment that Josh Whedon made that he is hoping to see. Well, she. I mean, now that Terminator is not going to be. Uh, she, I'm sure she could use the work. I'm I'm sure too. So it won't. It it, sh- it should be fine then. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and move into our next piece of news? Let's talk about Tomb Raider. Okay. 
So we have a, a new Lara Croft movie in the works. Mm-hmm. What's the first question you have, Miles? Well, uh, the million-dollar question is, is Angelina Jolie going to reprise her role? Obviously. Yes. Because, I mean, she was in the, the first two, right? And so exactly. you're just expecting it to be another Angelina Jolie movie. I can't see anybody else playing that role. No. However... This is a reboot, they're calling it. Okay. We're in the age of reboot since we're Star right. Trek reboot, and now we have a. Uh, there's been others that have been rebooted, and this is um, a reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are not looking at getting uh, Angelina Jolie to play it. Well, she, she might be a little expensive. Uh, it might be a little bit old if you're rebooting it to a younger Lara Croft. That's true. I think the, la- the first one was probably about 10 years ago. Right. So they said they say um according this is according to uh sci-fi scoop that um Lynn who is the I guess must be the director uh is looking for a younger actress to play the role of Lara Croft. Uh it will have a lot of action uh but it, they're, they're hoping it to be more character driven. Mm-hmm. So it is expected to hit theaters sometime in 2012 I believe is the date but I don't know. Did you enjoy the first two Lara Croft movies? I only saw the first one, and I thought eh, it was okay. Uh, I didn't see the second one, though, yeah. so it was not uh, – I, I didn't feel drawn to yeah. go see it in theaters or anything. I, I, saw, I don't know if I saw it in theaters, but I did see both of them, and I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. They were fun. They were fun movies. I had a mindless action, not requiring a lot of thought, mm-hmm. um, so no Battlestar Galactica there. Right. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, they did – they entertained and okay. I walked away entertained, and mm-hmm. you know that says something. Uh, same with the Resident Evil, though. I just got done watching the first two Resident Evil movies, and you know they were entertaining, but mm-hmm. you know not very deep. No, I didn't walk away with some new insight into humanity through the conversations they were having in the science fiction world. So, and were they trying to send us some kind of message? Do you think? Uh, maybe that we gotta keep a rein on our biogeneticists. Yeah, yeah, they create the T virus. I don't know, I, you know, but I guess zombies. yeah, right, right. So okay, you know, I, who knows? I'll check. I mean, we'll, I mean, 2012. That's a, that's a little yeah, a little bit, a little bit away. So mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Who knows what may happen between now and then? Um, but uh, talking about reboots, maybe we should have put this in with uh, Josh Whedon and the works. We have a uh, new Buffy movie in the works. <laughs>
Now, Miles, did you watch Buffy? No, I didn't watch Buffy. I uh, I did. I watched a few episodes. Now, I, I was not a diehard Buffy fan. I probably watched Buffy like I kind of watched Trek, all mm-hmm. right? So I caught episodes here and there, enjoyed them when I watched them, but not enough to get me hooked into it. Well, you know what? Let me take it back. I did watch one or two here and there. I think when she Buffy died, I think I did, I did see the episode where they brought her back. Where they brought her back then yeah. before that. You know, it, it's, it's certainly, uh, it, you know, this is Josh Whedon we're talking about, right? Yeah, right. When you, think, when you think Buffy, you think this is the show that kind of put Josh Whedon on the map. True. Um, and then Firefly helped and then Dr. Mm-hmm. Horrible and now Dollhouse. Right. And uh, um, he was also involved with some scripting of... Uh, Did he have anything to do with Angel? Well, yes, he was also Angel. I mean, there was, I mean, so there was a lot of different shows that he was involved in that we know. But this was a show that kind of started him. And so when rumors hit that a new uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer feature film was in the works, people got kind of excited. Mm-hmm. However, this is another reboot. Oh, okay. Which means... No. Guess who's, well, uh, no. Well, is it Christina Flock- Flockhart? Is that her name? No. That, uh, what, what, um, who played Buffy? Um, she's married to... Uh, I think I have the name right. Um, I could be wrong. I should IMDb it. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's not coming to me. Yeah, well, Christy right. Swanson played the first one back. I think it was back in the early nineties. Um, okay. But uh, no, you know, whatever. I'm drawing brain freeze. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but not only is there no original Buffy, mm-hmm. there's no Josh Whedon. How can you? How can you do Buffy without Josh? Whedon? Well, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer director. Is getting ready with the with Vertigo Entertainment to make the second Buffy, so that the original directors involved mm-hmm. is just not going to be the original writers. Excuse me, Christy Swanson was Buffy, is what they said. Yeah, she was the, she was in the in the movie, but the TV series was uh, it was it. So they had a different one on in the TV series. Yes, and I feel horrible for forgetting her name. Yeah, we should we should uh, we uh, we just lost some uh, we lost some geek cred. With we the, did we did major geek cred yeah. there. People are going to be writing into the show about that. Um, so. I, I know some useless information. She's married to right. Freddie Prince. Oh, Sarah Michelle Gallagher. Yes, yes. So, Gallagher. So, is that her name? Yes. Um, anyways, anyways, so she is not, she's not there. And uh, we don't have any word of any original cast really being in there. Uh, I guess the only other, other thing related to that is the guy that played Giles in Buffy mm-hmm. is, is looking at a spinoff series in the U.K., Okay, but this is not Buffy, and this new movie will not be Buffy. But basically, the premise is they're looking at restarting the story completely, so it doesn't infringe upon the Whedon's Buffy verse. Apart from retaining the basic premise that each generation has its own vampire slayer to protect it, they also plan to go darker with a new incarnation and start an all new franchise. Buffy hasn't been off the air that long, so it's it's almost a little surprising that they're. Thinking of a reboot so soon. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it aired from 1997 to 2003. Right. So we're only seven years past. There's going to be people. There, there are people that are going to remember it. Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. So the question is, can people forget, or can people can people forget about the original and allow the new one to kind of? I guess it's. I guess it depends on how close it is. Well, yeah, and yeah, exactly how close it is. Um, but it does sound like they're going. I mean. What, what I remember from the new buff, from this the one that was on the TV, was just very clever writing. It was, uh, I mean, it was, I mean, yes, it was killing vampires and exploring some of the mysticism behind it, but um, there was just some really clever dialogue 
that because you know Joss Whedon is probably one of the best sci-fi writers. <laughs> he he's he's is incredible witty dialogue, right? And, 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 and he has the ability to create memorable characters. Yes. Um, even though it took a little bit for Dollhouse to get there, you you finally are getting it toward the the end of this first season, and mm-hmm. then these are characters that you kind of are are growing attached to. He definitely did it in Firefly within the first couple of episodes. He had it was lightning in a bottle with Firefly. So, so I don't know. Uh, we certainly have hopes, but uh, for you Buffy fans out there, that's um, good for I you. Guess, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for you, and uh, and hopefully the same thing happens to Buffy that happened to Trek, where mm-hmm. the old Trekkies said, "Oh, this is a good incarnation." And uh, yeah, the new Trek. Mo- most Star Trek fans are embracing that, and we just look at BSG. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean that was received very favorably. Yeah. So it looks like Hollywood is really. Yeah, we'll Big see. with the reboot thing. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's a parallel universe. Well, that's Maybe. one way to. Uh, that's right. That's way to, to respect the uh, that what happened before. Right. It well, does. It does. But all right. Well, let's move into. Uh, we've talked about enough about that. Let's talk about uh, our next, which would be uh, talking about Land of the Lost, which I believe opens this weekend. Yep. This is today. With Matt Lauer. We're back now with Dr. Rick Marshall, whose new book arrives in stores tomorrow. It was back in Oslo that you just startled your colleagues with this theory that takes science in a completely new direction. What exactly is that? It boils down to two simple words. Renewable biofuels. Close. Time warps. You're serious about this? I'm very I'm deadly serious. Stephen Hawking says this is nonsense. You're starting to just sound like an idiot. This interview's over. That was my guest, Dr. Rick Marshall, whose book arrives in stores tomorrow. You might want to look for it in the I'm out of my freaking mind department. What are you crazy? I'm picking up some major tachyon hits in this area. All right, Holly. We'll start with taking some seismic readings inside the mouth of the cave. Something's happening. It's an earthquake. Greatest earthquake ever known. Ah! I gotta say, I did not see that coming. Drink it in, guys. Maybe the only alternate universe you ever experienced. It's a world of monkey people. Friends. Smells good. Ah! Lizard people. Mysterious creatures. Ah! Ooh, you're so tired. Oh, no. A something about dinosaurs in the brain the size of a walnut what is it it's a walnut well um land of the lost this is definitely not going to be the land of the lost that i watched as a little kid back in the way early 70s and some of you have probably heard about um it does take a couple um there is some changes in it i mean in the original one, it was a, a, a father and his two kids, a uh, son and a daughter. This is, um, it's not a, I mean, it's not a family that's, you know, traveling to the land of loss. It's, uh, it's three scientists uh, that are doing it. And it's a little more, since it does it have a PG-13 rating, um, probably humor might be a little more adult 
Um, um, and and, and it, 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 although it, there is sci-fi elements to it, it's it, there's there's definitely a, a, with Will Ferrell especially, it's definitely going to be a comedy. Oh, there's definite there's definite comedy in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no, there's no there's no two ways about it. If you put him in a movie, you're going to get that. Right. I I guess the um, and I, I thought I heard the director saying, and one of the things I had read that, that the humor, well. There's going to be adult-like humor there. A lot of that's going to be innuendo, and it's going to go over the kids' heads. Right. That's what they were trying to explain it as. Mm-hmm. However, parents probably want to use your discretion when going to see it. Right. right. But uh, interestingly, I mean, um, I mean, there, there's as with any reboot, you're going to have a small yet vocal um, minority of haters. So we're considering this a reboot. Um, I don't know if it's a reboot. I mean, I, a reimagining. It's definitely a reimagining. Because um, <laughs> who knows? We, we, we'll get another. I mean, if if it only if it's always one film, I don't know if that's considered a reboot. Yeah. But um, it's uh, but however, uh, Sid and Marty Croft, the 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 guys that that um produced and all all the the kids shows back in uh back in the seventies for Saturday morning TV um. They had a strong hand in this movie, so it wasn't like they somebody just took it and did their own thing with it. They they had their hands on this project all right. the time. So uh, maybe they're just updating it for a new audience. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I you know I guess when we say don't take your kids to this movie, I guess the question is, would you take your kids to Trek? Because that was PG thirteen too, right? But I, I I don't think you know with Trek they said uh, oh there's going to be a major love scene. It's like there really wasn't. I mean, yeah. They didn't really show much. They, 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 yeah, was, they, they, they didn't show anything. It was so you know, nothing happened, and it was you know, it was only a minute. It was not you know. Maybe it's to protect the kids' eyes from the lens flare. Well, what's going to protect the adults from the lens flare? True, true. But you know, we're adults. You know, but, we can yeah. be responsible. We can be irresponsible if we want to. But we Ooh. need to protect our children. <laughs> yes, we have to protect the children. Uh, um, anyways, but um, Land of the Lost. Are you going to go see it? I think I am. I may even see it this Sunday with uh, my oh, family. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And, don't, and you have a birthday coming up, right? I do. Uh, Maybe it'll be a birthday present for you. I think that's probably good to do is to, for you know yeah. because my birthday's on a weekday. We'll have to do right, something right. on the weekend to do. It's what th- it is Thursday. It's this Thursday. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Happy Thank birthday. You. Thank you. Thank you. You can send your gifts too. No. Um, they'll be in the show notes. Yep. Uh, yeah, they'll be in the show notes. The address and right, uh, right, right. You can send them. You know, virtual gifts on Twitter and uh, and, uh, or, or, or and Facebook, our yeah. truck space. Yes, so, that too. Yeah, any one of those places of social media, you can find him. So, meaning Miles P. McLaughlin. Yes. All right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's move into some other news. Let's talk about Moon, uh, Sam Rockwell's sci-fi thriller film, Moon. <laughs> Central. Everything running smoothly. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Good morning, Sam. Do you want me to cut your hair then? Lunar Industries remains the number one provider of clean energy worldwide due to the hard work of people like you. Three years is a long haul, you know. I know you're really lonely up there, but I'm proud of you. Two weeks to go, Sam. Two weeks to go, buddy. I'm going home. Looks like we got a live one. I'm going to go out. Okay, Sam. Leaving Saran working perimeter. 
imagining things. What's going on? Where did he come from? Why does he look like me? You've been up here too long, man. You lost your marbles. Too easy, too easy. I don't understand what's happening. This is my mind. I know. All right. So this is Sam Rockwell's sci-fi thriller Moon that we mentioned before. What do you think? It sounds interesting. Uh, Kevin Spacey uh, providing the voice for that robot. Right. Um, that sounds intriguing. Small cast. Mm-hmm. Lone guy up in the moon that is mining energy, renewable energy. Obviously, a subtle scene there and going green. Uh, but, you know, or maybe not so subtle. And it's starring Sam Rockwell. And this is um, Duncan Jones' directed film centers on the solitary, 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 solitary astronaut stationed on the moon to mine the precious gas that holds the key to reversing the Earth's energy crisis. He slowly begins to lose his grip on reality, and as his assignment nears an end, the film also stars Kevin Spacey, like Miles said, and he provides the voice of the robot companion and Kayla Scudellaro. Is that the way you say it? Do you know Miles? Uh, I know yeah. with this actress. Yep, and um, who plays Rockwell's wife Eve? So this is kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting premise. We haven't had a movie set in the moon in a while. No, we haven't. The moon has been ignored. For yes, it has. And um, maybe because so much was done earlier on. So right. when I think of the moon, the only movie I can think of right off the bat is 2001. There's a segment that takes place on the moon. There is a B movie that had something to do with the moon back in the late 80s. Uh, yeah. uh, Walter Koenig, a uh, guy who played Chekhov in, in Star Trek, was in it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's been, uh, there's been some, I think James Bond, there was a moon, Moonraker. The Moonraker was there. I mean, but you're not looking at very, you're looking at very recent movies when you talk yeah. about, uh, moon movies. And so, uh, maybe it's time we have one. And I like the premise that you have a guy that's living, uh, you know, by himself for three years. Can you imagine being penned up in a room for three years? Uh, I think that's the. It's more sound like a thriller than a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Really, just you know, it's, to, the sci-fi base is in space. It's in the future. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. makes it sci-fi. Right. But the, it's really. It sounds more character-driven. This guy's seeing things, mm-hmm. maybe going crazy. It reminded me a little bit when I heard the premise of it of Life Hutch by Harlan Ellison. Have you ever read anything of Harlan Ellison? Uh, no, I have not. He's a fantastic fan. Uh, uh, writer, uh, but he wrote something called Life Hutch, in which a guy is stranded um, on this remote world in a life hutch, um, and uh, with a robot companion, and the robot companion goes crazy. Oh, yeah! So a little bit of a twist on that, and mm-hmm. a little bit different. They weren't mining, but you know. but that sounds like where they might have gotten their inspiration. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, whatever. Anyways. Might be worth seeing. It comes out, I believe, this weekend. I could be totally wrong on that. I thought I saw somewhere this weekend, but it might be out a little bit later. I believe it was an independent film, um, but uh, hopefully it'll be in theaters nearby. Cool. But, now, next piece of news. Did you watch or read any of the Tom Swift novels growing up? Uh, not familiar with Tom Swift novels. Hardy Boys. I, I've heard the Tom, I heard the Hardy Boys, but I never read them. Nancy Drew. Same thing. I, Same I never, thing. Yeah. Okay, so 
you know, in the in the, you know in the early in the in nineteen ten twenties thirties and forties up through all these books began to be written by these ghost writers they would call them and so under these pen names and it was really a collection and a bunch of writers putting them out all under one name. Tom Swift, um, who some of you may be familiar with, it was it was an inventor and um, geared toward you know teen boys and Columbia is developing this into a. Um, a major motion picture. Uh, so this is um, – they nabbed it. I doubt they'll get it out in time for the um, 100th anniversary of Swift. Mm-hmm. It was 1910, I believe, it first appeared. Right. And um, But it's interesting. So those of you that are interested in it, it's, it's being developed um, uh, as a Sonnefeld directing vehicle, they're saying, by Barry Sonnefeld's Tom Swift movie. So, hmm. I mean, I don't know. Um I'm kind of into this. I mean, I grew up reading Tom Swift novels, and I really, I was really pretty stoked when I heard this. But well, we've talked about this before. Just Hollywood seems to be going backward. Oh, I don't say backward in a negative sense, but just looking at some of the classics. Are there no? Are there no new stories? That's you. Know, you, you you wonder that about that. Um, I guess the the moon one seems like a news story, but you know the a, a lot of the others we're talking about in the news this in this in this podcast are old old the reboot yeah they're, they're they're doing reboots of remakes uh, reboots reimagine yeah. they're calling they're calling the Tom Swift thing a reimagining why do you think they're doing that well probably to update it um, and maybe you know there's to make it their own there may be something if you look at some of the older when I, when I say older sci fi novels that like that were written by um, H.G. Uh, uh, Wells, um, Verne—I um, forget the oh—but the novels that were written like in the 1800s, but they were sci- they were science fiction. Probably, you know, interesting stories may not hold up as well, and so maybe there's to update them. Why don't, why don't why don't we just call them a, a, an update? Does reimagining sound? Uh, I think reimagining sounds a little bit more uh, ethereal or something. I don't know. Right. Um, well, I mean. They called the new the new BSG a reimagining because they were, they were not going to. I mean, they took uh, things from the original, but they cre- you know the premise, the the the, uh, the a lot of the same characters. So we we expect that this will probably be loosely based on the original. Loosely based, yeah, that's yeah. probably a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah, but there's definitely for people that grew up in these books, there's going to be some nostalgia by seeing Tom sure. Swift's name on right. the. Uh, Big screen, first time ever. I don't think it's ever been made into movies. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. Um, by the way, I think we might have our trivia question off this. Do you think that the question I have here might be a good trivia question? They're under the uh, comment section. Yeah, that would be excellent. All right. Well, we'll I have something I was going to share with you, but you're going to have to wait till the end of the show. And our trivia question will be off of Tom Swift, believe it or not. And uh, so you have to break out your old Tom Swift books or Google it or something to figure it out. But all right, let's talk about our only time that we're going to be mentioning Star Trek in the show. All right, um, and we'll, we'll try to make this fairly brief. What do we have to talk about regarding Star Trek, Miles? Uh, Star Trek is doing extremely well at the box office. Phenomenally well. Yes. Um, Holy Hannah! I, I mean, it, it, what last weekend it was over three hundred million. Yeah, now that's worldwide. I think it was well, around two hundred million U.S. Mm-hmm. But still, that's still a heck of a good job for a Star Trek movie. It's it's already paid for itself, I would assume by now, and uh, it's making money. Well, it is. Well, well, now that well, it's over three hundred million. Uh, 
worldwide. Worldwide. So it's 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 bringing in the money and uh, now this places it at eighty one. Number eighty-one for the in the top one hundred grossing films for U.S. Mm-hmm. all-time grossing films for U.S. It's number eighty-one behind Back to the Future, another sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's still in theaters. It only needs to make up ten million dollars to jump fourteen places ahead of that. I think that'll happen. I think that I think that will happen. This is the first Star Trek movie to be in the top one hundred, I believe, and. Um, not to mention, it needs to earn, I guess, four hundred million to get on the top one hundred worldwide grossing okay. films. I don't know about that, but I mean, as far um, there are a lot of people who are going are seeing this movie multiple times. Yeah. So uh, uh, there are, and you hear people have gone to see it five, three, four, five times. Right. So and you've seen it how many times? I've only had a chance to see it once. Yeah, myself. me too. I've only uh, seen it once. I don't have. I just haven't time to watch much of anything. Right. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I have not even been watching TV. Well, uh, you, a little bit. Yeah, and uh, some movies when I've been running and exercising, but um, and my current economic situation, I, I have to be very picky and choose what movies right. I want to go see. So, I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing, you saw Terminator. I saw Terminator saw, la- um, two yeah. weekends. Ago. I don't think we even talked about that. We're gonna have to talk about that sometime. Maybe we'll right. leave, give it another week or so. But okay, um, Terminator. We and you, you might go see Land of the Lost, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll see, see what happens, see what happens there. Okay. All right, let's talk about. Um, what, the next piece of news is just brief here. Denzel Washington is working on a sci-fi movie called The Book of Eli, due out January 2010. Not much on that except that it also stars Gary Oldman. Okay. So uh, it is – the only reason I put this in here is because it kind of is a post-apocalyptic film, which I kind of like. It's one of my favorite genres of sci-fi. Me too. I, I mean that's why yeah, I like so. Terminator so much. Uh. So he fights his way. It's a desolate. I mean, America is basically a desolate wasteland at this point during the movie, and that's really all we're going to say about that. Okay. All right. Let's let's wrap up with one final piece of news, and uh, I put this in here. Ran across it today, actually, courtesy of my brother Jason, um, who pointed me to the new Star Wars Old Republic trailer released for the E3 convention that's going on right now. And so this is it. And this is for you gaming fans who love MMOs out there. Our time has come. For 300 years, we prepared. We grew stronger. While you rested in your cradle of power, believing your people were safe and protected. You were trusted to lead the Republic. But you were deceived. As our powers of the dark side have blinded you. challenge you and now 
Hey, this is uh, you are not a gamer, really, Miles? Are you? I, I no, I'm not at the MMO thing. Uh, but even yet. regular video games, you don't play too much. Or um, once in a while. Once in a while. Um, yeah. I, I used to years ago, but uh, now when the new Star Trek Online game comes out, I think you might I'm, try that. I might so try that, that might be your first MMO, huh? It, it, it would be yes. So this is a Star Wars MMO uh, coming out, and people are kind of a anticipating this. This is off of the Knights of the Old Republic games and mm-hmm. uh, and actually it's set, I believe, about a thousand years prior to the current world that we're used to and it deals with the whole Jedi-Sith world wars that, that are alluded to that happened many, many years. That supposedly Yoda was came into pic- the picture somewhere around then. Does it have anything to do with the Darth Bane novels? Uh, might. Okay. Might, might. See, so this is, yeah, this is the same type of uh, the, the era that okay. we have, um, so uh, I don't know if he's going to be in the in this in this um, computer game or not. Bioware is producing it, so and Bioware has done some excellent, excellent video games. Uh, Lucas Arts, who has put out other video games, um, probably their biggest blunder was Star Wars, Star Wars Galaxies, which I played for a while. It was an excellent video game uh, initially, and then uh, well, it just didn't carry weight. Um, I uh, haven't logged into that game in a long time, and nor do I actually have an account with it. I mean, the big thing with these MMOs, of course, is that there's always a monthly fee. Right. And so you have to be able to support that or willing to support it. What's the average monthly fee for one uh, it's about It's about $14. That's not too uh, bad. It's not too bad. I mean, you think that's the price of two movie tickets, basically, mm-hmm. a little bit less. And so if you spend, you know, if you sacrifice going to see a movie and, you know, save a latte, you know, you know who knows? You, you soon have that covered. I mean, you probably play for an hour and yeah. If, if if you put if you put a couple hours in that a week, even two hours a week, that pays for itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're down to you know dollars cents mm-hmm. in the long run. So, anyways, that's going to be coming out. And we don't often talk about gaming news, but it was interesting enough. And I encourage you to go see the trailer. We'll have that trailer embedded in our show notes, so you can check that out then. Cool. And that's it for our news. All right. That was a heck of a lot of news, Miles. That was yeah, a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, so. Uh, well, we're sorry for inundating you with news, but we didn't talk about news last week, so we had a lot to catch up on. We did. So. All right. Uh, let's move into our topic of the night. What was that? Tyler, do you feel that? Since the visitor's arrival, yet thousands are still flocking to see the motherships in person. Welcome to the New York mothership. My name is Lisa. We're all so quick to jump on the bandwagon, but before we get on, let us at least examine it. They've been printing fake docs, passports, IDs. They cleared out like a new war coming. 
Ryan, please. Look, I told you I'm not that guy anymore, okay? Stop calling me. We need your help. I want him. Anna would like you to do the interview. But that's the danger. Gratitude can morph into worship. They say that you two are obsessed with the V's. You know what, the V's, they call it spreading hope. Do you have any questions before we go to air? Just be sure not to ask anything that would paint us in a negative light. Excuse me? I know the real reason they're here, Father, and I am not the only one. We're honored and privileged to be able to assist mankind with our knowledge and technology. They've been implementing a plan that will result in the extermination of every man, woman, and child. If you could speak to the protesters, what would you say? That embracing change is never easy, but the reward for doing so can be far greater than anything you can imagine. They gain trust with the promise of friendship. And of course, all they're really doing is positioning themselves as the saviors of mankind. They're arming themselves with the most powerful weapon out there. What's that? Devotion. What do we do now? We'll fight. Are we here? Are, um, I'm here. Uh, is, is this real? Or is this the Matrix? The Matrix has you. This is our discussion topic for tonight. Not the Matrix, uh, but we're gonna have a we're gonna do a little bit of discussion. We haven't done this in a little bit. I think the last one we talked about was the state of sci-fi. I think we kind of toyed around with in one of the mm-hmm. episodes. Um, this is not the state of sci-fi, but is going to be talking about something that kind of, I guess, was. Brought up by one of our listeners, and I uh, thought we'd just talk about it a little bit. Okay. And uh, so if you don't like this topic, you can blame Wooly Mittens. But uh, <laughs> but no, uh, it's actually a kind of an interesting take. We talked a little bit the last time on the reimagining of V, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And um, in the, the question that Wooly Mittens asked that's going to kind of springboard this whole conversation is, do you think that the remake of V – is a reaction to the increasing corporatism, corporatism of our society uh, and that our society is dealing with at the moment. So this is kind of the premise for it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, why don't we take a step back? The original V miniseries was meant to be an allusion to what? Uh, according to Ken Johnson, he, it was his intent that the, uh, it would be like a metaphor or allegory of um, – the visitors were basically the Nazis. Even their symbol sort of had a swastika um, illusion to it, um, where you know they 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 spoke, they came in peace. They have all this good stuff to offer. Um, they were appealing to the discontented youths of the day, um, as we see later on. We see sides being drawn as far as. Um, Within the family, uh, p- people being pro-visitor or be- being anti-visitor, um, and then eventually, you know, people taking up arms to uh, because they realized that the visitors were not—they um, did not come in peace. They just wanted to, uh, you know, rape the planet and take everything. You know, which is maybe a little bit different than uh, what actually happened in Germany, where a lot of people just let it happen. Right. And exactly. It was it, there. Well, the people let it happen. I mean. There was even a, a, a policy among the nations of appeasement. It's like, okay, if we just let Hitler have Czechoslovakia, yeah, I'll be satisfied with yeah, that. Yeah, he, and, and you know, he yeah, that to, worked. Right, that, that, that worked. Great, great yeah, strategy. strategy. Right, right, right. Great, great tragedy. Anyways, um, 
So we have a new V coming out. We're mm-hmm. now, you know, 20 years past, right? Yeah. Because it was mm-hmm. early 80s it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're 20 years past and plus, plus a few. And um, is this maybe dealing with some other topics or you think they're going to be re- re- revisiting the whole Nazi thing? Well, from what I, I've seen so far, it looks like it appears to be the re- revisiting the Nazi thing a little bit as far as just uh, – the premise, you know, we come in peace. We have all, you know, we have. We want to share our gifts with you. Um, they're appealing to discontented youths, and then they show in the clips, you know, families, you know, um, dividing over that. Um, so I'm not sure I see yet the whole corporate um, mentality yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that you could you you could probably argue that there's a sense of. Anytime a corporation wants to sell you something, any product they want to sell you, right? Mm-hmm. When you get a product, they make that thing look really good. Sure. And um, and they'll sell it and they'll say, you know, this is what it will do for you. And then we find out 10, 20 years down the road that this product has harmful side effects. Right, right. Um, and, and all suddenly, you know, the whole we come in peace to mankind type of thing, you know, being portrayed by this product. That they're selling isn't so benign anymore. Well, I mean, maybe, and I was just when you said the, uh, the last thing you said. I mean, marketing. I mean, what they use to market products. I mean, they use everything from you know, um, uh, they use sex. They use uh, you'll be cool if you use this. I mean, you you know, use this product and you could have you know whatever you want. I mean, well, and the, and, and the products are meant to to uh, make you feel good. Right. Um, anything from sleep aids to weight loss to the newest car. I mean, we are as a nation being kind of driven by that. Oh, sure. And yeah. so, and so, maybe what Willie Mittens was talking about—the fact—is the corporation dictating us in our lives. There may be a sense where we might have to say yes to that. Hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, because you know what. I buy stuff because it brings pleasure to me, and they're they're obviously marketing it to my pleasure senses. Yeah, and and, and, um, and somehow, if the V visitors are coming and they're bringing peace and they're bringing healing and mm-hmm. and all this new life is happening, and you know it's almost too good to be true. And right, it is too it is too, and it is too good to be true. Right. So, are we just accepting the same thing that they accepted, hook, line, and sinker? It could be. I mean. You know, you, you buy products like you said to, to feel good, to, to play, you know, or for pleasure, or you think um, they'll do something for you, um, extra special or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I'm sure that's you know with with V, you know, they'll say you know what we have will you know do this for you or whatever. So uh, yes. Yeah. So is society being run by the corporation, Miles? Um, I I, I don't think so. I mean. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking with with this last our, our last presidential election. Um, I, I think it, it, the corporations. I, I could be wrong here, but I, I think the corporations' first choice probably would have been uh, McCain because McCain probably would have been more. Um, um, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is just you know how I think. You know they. they he would have been his policies would have been more favoring towards the corporate as far as tax breaks tax, and stuff like that ex- exactly yeah. um, and, and policies that would um, you know help them make more money right so. and yet 
the corporation has certainly had its hands in government from – I'm thinking of Lockheed Martin and the, and the whole arms industry and I'm thinking of – People that uh, you have lobbyists that are pandering and trying to, you know, and people that are getting kickbacks just from promoting a certain agenda in government. Certainly, corporation certainly plays into the government. Right, and may not be controlling the government, but certainly has a say and has a hand. hand in it. I mean, if you if you think, um, you know, the the economy after World War Two. I mean. Uh, Honestly, you know, and I think historians would agree with me on this. The reason why the, the economy did so great after, you know, it was it was it was World War Two. It was all, you know, um, right. Well, the uh, what Eisenhower called it, the um, the the machine of war. He had a term. Oh, the in, the in, the military industrial complex. I think mm-hmm. is a term that he coined for that. That somehow we need war to stimulate economy. Right, an interesting premise here. A scary one too. Yeah, a, a very scary one. It was a, it was a um, interesting thought, though. Mm-hmm. So back to the original question: Is society uh, becoming more driven by corporatism? Society itself. We just kind of said that our lives, in a sense, the things we buy are driven by corporatism, right? We're influenced by an, an well, inane amount of minutes, especially especially in Western culture. Oh yeah. Uh, is is so is 1984 coming true? Oh, that's. Uh, but isn't 1984 more, more where a totalitarian government takes over? True, but you know, you, you think about um, the rights of people are being invaded. I, I, th- I think of all privacy concerns. The fact that they can watch you wherever you go on the internet. They can. Right. Um, uh, they can track you if they want. There's surveillance cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. It makes you think of movies like Enemy of the State. Do you oh. ever see that one with Will Smith? No, but I should. Uh, it, it is one that you definitely should. Okay. Um, uh, we, my wife and I, love the Will Smith movies overall. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Seven Pounds, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen Hancock, so I'm a little bit behind in some of them. Okay. But like I Robot, we we liked Independence Day. We liked a lot of the stuff that he's done and the Men in Black movies. And anyways, Enemy of the State was just one of those that dealt with. Um, you know, some guy trying to run and um, and uh, was being watched and showed you what the government may be capable of. You're, you're familiar with the movie The Net with uh, um, uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra right, Bullock, yeah. yeah. I have a movie. I saw it. It's been a while. But so. just the concept was, you know, um, and the internet has only been on at the time around for a short while. But the ramification, you know, they were able to. I mean, right. we, we the internet has definitely changed how we do business. Right. Now. Well, I mean. Your transactions can be tracked online now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when I do my Christmas shopping, it's all online now. Sure, pay your bills. I, I buy movie tickets online. You mm-hmm. know, I watch my videos. I mean, they can if, if the government wants wants to, they could create an entire dichotomy of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could figure out everything that I'm doing from my, my watching habits, what I like to watch, what, what my likes and dislikes, probably what my religious views are, my affiliations, political. Yeah. Uh, you can find out my bank statements. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can find out everything. My life is online. That's interesting. I mean, that's sort of... I mean, I wonder if the, the uh, TV show uh, Caprica is going to deal with that because the uh, idea is um, he, um, Greystone was able to um, come up with a reasonable facsimile of... Uh, um, Adama's daughter, um, just by what was on the net, right? And so uh, I wonder if they'll explore that. I bet someone can come up with a reasonable, good facsimile of me if they really put all the information together. I mean, I'm not high profile enough. I mean, who's going to really do that, right? But 
you know, they're with with a gazillions of people that are out there on the net. But it is an interesting thought. Sure. Um, but that doesn't that's not necessarily dealing with corporatism, but mm-hmm. but the fact that the corporation does speak into our lives. Well, I mean, but maybe it does. I mean, have you ever been to a site, Miles, where you let's say you're at. Uh, you know, you log into Singular, or I mean AT&T. You log mm-hmm. into AT&T, and then you go visit another site, and an AT&T ad pops up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or, 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 or I'll get an email. I mean, I was looking at a site, and now it's like, I didn't give this place my email address, but I'll get, you know. you get an email from them, or you'll, or you'll get an email from, uh, or, or somehow these emails will be targeted to your interests. Facebook. Mm-hmm. You get in there, and, um, you know, I have Facebook stuff on music because I mentioned that I'm kind of into some music stuff. So they'll put music stuff up or, or I'll go to a site and it'll give me wow ads, World of Warcraft ads. Right. Well, you talk about your profile. I mean, if they look at about me, I mean, so they could come up with a reasonable facsimile of your likes and interests. And, right, uh, right. So uh, how private really is your profile? It, it does, I mean, we, we, we value our privacy in this country, but it, 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 it's something that's, you know, maybe just an illusion in some ways. So Big Brother might be watching. Oh, well, I, I it, He's watched as much as possible, I think. Right, which it does bring Lighty for to a new reality, and maybe we may not be totalitarian, but right. but well, 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 if we just bring back the whole corporatism in it, I mean, uh, trying to figure out what we uh, what we like and dislike as far as uh, what we would buy or not buy, and what and what influences that? Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, it's what we're seeing how it appeals to the whole pleasure principle. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we we named a bunch of movies here. What are some other movies you can think of? Uh, I know we have a list here from uh, Mr. Chris Rook, the guy that did our artwork for our show. Uh, he kind of responded to – I threw out the question on Twitter and Facebook, and this is – he kind of responded a little bit with some movies, and we'll probably mention a few of those. Mm-hmm. But what are some other movies that you can think of just off the top of your head that deal with the corporation running society? Well, I was um – I was just thinking of Firefly, um, what what could have been. I think Joss Whedon might have tried to explore that theme in, in, in the Firefly universe. With yeah, with the, the Alliance, the Alliance and the brown coots kind of fighting it out, and the, the Alliance, when the Alliance kind of running everything. And right, and it was not you know it was not a totalitarian government per se, but um, um, you, you had this company called, called Blue Sun, right. Um, and we actually visit, I think, their hospital or compound in one of the episodes. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was certainly that, – that's certainly one. I, I, I thought of – did you ever see the movie Idiocracy? I've heard of it. Yeah, with Luke Wilson. There um, – it, it's, it's it's not really sci-fi. It's a comedy. It's really a commentary on society mm-hmm. and how much you waste. Um, but in the future, um, all, all um, uh, different corporations run different aspects of – of, of the society, okay. uh, like like they're irrigating the fields with Gatorade or something like <laughs> Gatorade, because this corporation says that it's better for the plants, and so they do it, right? Uh, because they aren't thinking for themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is really the danger of corporatism that we cease to think on our own, mm-hmm. and we're influenced by the pro- by what's advertised, you know, by the by you know what's on, by what we're seeing on TV, by what we're hearing from our friends. I mean, we're, we're influenced by all that stuff. More so than our parents and their parents before. I mean, as yeah. far as uh, uh, corporatism, I mean, we, we, we say how advanced and enlightened we are in this day and age. But honestly, I, I, I think 
like you said, I don't think we think for ourselves as much as yeah, maybe but, our parents' generation did. Like a lamb to the slaughter, maybe, or being led. I don't yeah. know. I, you know what? I mean, the, the real question becomes, of course, and science fiction, of course, deals with this in different elements of movies, like we right. talked about, is what's the end result? Um, yeah. What's the end result? Well, and, like, um, you know, in Idiocracy, I mean, I, I did see some of it, you know, just the society they created. I was just like, wow, it's a messed up society. Did you see Wally? I did see Wally. Wally is a perfect example that fits right into this. It's not, you know, it, it's geared towards kids, but it's really an adult movie in the sense that, you know, really, try, it's like, hello, everybody, think about what's going on. Well, here. And, the, and the entire ship is a corporate ship, isn't it? A corporation that runs that ship, and right? That runs everything, and uh, it's uh, and to see where people are, you know, several centuries after everybody leaves the planet. I mean, right. it's uh, it's pretty amazing. So that's definitely uh, that's a great example of. Of movies that are probably current movies that are talking about corporatism. I mean, mm-hmm. um, or the way the corporations running the world. Hmm. Um, what others? Well, we have this list of movies that I think. Uh, let's pick, 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 pick one off. You want to talk um, about? Like we can't well, talk about. There's like he gave like a list of like fifty. <laughs> yeah, so I'll pick the first one. Um, I, uh, the Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Um, well, in that one, it's. Well, think of uh, what's really what's really been big in the last ten years. Uh, these these so called reality shows. Yes. Well, this takes the reality show to the next level, where you have uh, um, these uh, Schwarzenegger and, and these people who are thrown in prison, running from their lives by uh, uh, these people who are trying who are trying to kill them. But these people who are trying to kill them are celebrities. I mean, it's like. Um, People vote on them. I mean, they're, they're, and so it's it's a big game show. This is like the precursor to the uh, reality TV before it ever became reality. TV. Yeah, and it, it, it's 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 a, it's a game show. And uh, well, what what do people you know like? I mean, uh, it's it, violence. I mean, uh, it's just uh, and, and violence to the worst. And um, well, I'll, recently, there, if you heard the movie uh, The Condemned, with um, it was out maybe about two or three years ago. Uh, the WWE wrestler uh, Steve Austin was in it. Um, not a, it was probably more of a little lower budget movie, but it was uh, the idea was um, they they take these worst of the worst prisoners, dump them on this island. They have expl- explosive sh- strapped to them, and they have to uh, get you know they have to um, to win, activate the explosive on that person, and then get away from it. Um, but and with, well, how people well people would would pay online to see us. It was totally illegal, but right. you submit your credit card, and you can watch this thing online. Yeah, wow. And, and and you know, people do have. I mean, and I'll confess myself. I like good action movies and shoot them up, blow them up, you know, stuff. Um, but this this took it to a new level. Right, where, right. And of course, Running Man's a whole uh, old take on the the most dangerous game. A take on the, a spin on the episode in Dollhouse where we saw the got one target, right? One, them hunting the, the human target, and mm-hmm. somehow that whole thing's been there. So mm-hmm. uh, we do have a fascination with that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Um, uh, pick another movie. Well, um, uh, the Truman Show. Um, Oh man! Talk about corporatism. I mean, we have paid ad sponsors sponsoring this person's life. Well, it was just—it was almost creepy in a way. Um, I remember Jim Carrey's characters arguing with his TV wife, although he thinks it's his real wife, and she does a little commercial for this—I believe it was this cake mix, you know—and he's like, yeah. 
what are you doing? You know, I just, you know, I mean, he's trying to have a serious conversation with her and, um, they're having commercials, you know, right on the spot. Cause it's just probably a sponsor for this, this live action. They're watching this guy's life, you know? So, uh, wow. I, you know, we, we do end up becoming walking commercials in a sense. I mean, look at what we wear, right. our clothing, mm-hmm. our, uh, certainly not to the extent of the Truman show, but, no, uh, but, uh, uh Certainly a great example on how corporate society is running a man's life in this sense. Exactly. Running a man's life is the right way to put Dictating it. his friends. Do you think, uh, do you think society – do you think uh, – is there any argument that could be made to say that corporate society is dictating our friends? I don't think we you – know, I, I don't think we're there yet. I mean uh, I, I could be wrong, but I, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I'm, well – only in the sense, you know, I take I take some of that back. Um, it, it depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, if right. you're a person who, I'm just going to be, you know, this is my opinion. If you're a little on the shallow side, and if they're not wearing the right kind, of, you know, what? Well, just think back of the days when you and I were in school. I mean, uh, oh yeah. I mean, if you if you weren't wearing the right kind of clothes, if you weren't, you know, following this this is the new style now. You were not. Right. Cool. If you don't wear Gucci or whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever name brand, Calvin Klein or whatever name brand of. Shoes, pants, underwear, socks you're wearing. Yeah. Uh, somehow this is um, – I believe that is corporatism there because you're, say, you're allowing companies to dictate your friendships right. in some ways. Um, it's interesting whether we view the whole social networking thing is if, if these companies somehow dictate our relationships to some degree. You know what? They provide the avenue for us to maintain our relationships, mm-hmm. but do they affect how we interact with our relationships? They play into it, certainly. They, they, they do play into it. I mean, well, they offer, you know, you can message each other back and forth. Oh, or, yeah. I mean, we set up the show, Facebook, mm-hmm. you, know, and, uh, you know, and stuff we're getting on the show for Twitter. I mean, there's just a uh, whole new avenue. But I don't know about that being corporatism. It's just these are. It's like a telephone. You wouldn't say the telephone was corporatism. No, no, I wouldn't. No, but uh, why don't we take uh, let's take another movie or two and talk about it. All right, we got um, uh, well, no, artificial intelligence AI. I think it was the movie with uh, oh AI. Haley Joel Osmond. Yes, it is. It's the AI was the one with uh, the robots and right. Uh, and uh, the human robots, and there was this whole rise against them, and all mm-hmm. that. And I guess the, the, I guess it would be the corporation that is making these robots to function as sir. In the case of Haley Joe's Osmond's character, was making these robots to function as surrogate children, right? Uh, or surrogate uh, babysitters, surrogate um, lovers, you yeah, know, whatever. Jude Law's character, yeah, uses, you know, Jigolo, uh, robot Jigolo, yeah. yeah. You know, is that you know. <laughs> And, and so uh, is that corporatism, though, or is it just technology infusing? Do we, do we see them really running society? Um, we see a little rebellion of it because you see a lot of some of these yeah. robots that they're killing some of these robots off because the, some people are re- – so maybe it is, in a sense, rebelling against – the corporation has to build these robots. Right, right. And so maybe it's rebelling against them. But I, I don't know about that being corporatism running society, but maybe it is. Maybe well, it it's I mean, saying they can replace your child or, you know. Right. So who needs humans? Exactly. I mean, well, you don't need to pay a babysitter. Just you spend a little money and you'll have, you know, 
you 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 have this robot babysitter looks looks human acts human can't tell the difference um or replace your child or you know um you know you could we could let that go even farther um, yeah i mean i guess there's that in that one certainly mm-hmm. um what are the ones show the uh, corporation kind of running things? Well, we talked about The Matrix earlier. Yeah, well, let's talk about The Matrix. Because that's, you know, that was a very prolific movie. But is that a corporation or is that the, uh, it's a machine world controlling? I mean, that shows a dependency in machine, mm-hmm. but is that a dependency in corporation? I like The Matrix movies, don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah, I don't know if that would necessarily. I don't know if that fits the genre for us. Because it's just machines taking over. Right. Just mm-hmm. machines taking over. So, mm-hmm. um, what else do we? What are, um, some of these other movies? Uh, um, did you see Minority Report? I did see Minority Report. Um, My, uh, not necessarily the corporation. There you have a government agency, a police agency that's governed by that. Right, but it just seems like it, it's um, it's it's kind of gone amok. I mean, with uh, it does go amok. Um, Using you know, these precogs, but you right. know, um, the whole conspiracy behind that. Well, you you mentioned earlier iRobot, right? Is iRobot the corporation running everything and going insane? Well, I mean, th- there's another thing. I mean, similar premise to you know, with the rope, they didn't look human. I mean, they still look revert. You know, they were bipedal and look like robots. But um, but uh, basically, they created a, a slave. Slave labor, and everyone had a robot. You yeah. know, and everyone needed a robot, and right. And so, I guess this is corporatism in a sense, mm-hmm. certainly. So, well, yeah. I don't know. Does it, do we kind of do we feel like we kind of address this question? Is I, is corporate is V maybe a uh, speaking in that? I think possibly you could interpret the same premise that you could use to explain the whole Nazi regime and mm-hmm. the way they kind of recruited people. Is that? There's some tendencies in corporatism to do the same thing. Not saying that corporatism is Nazism or anything, but um, I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure if I'm ready to take that leap yet. I, I still think it's unless I mean I'll have to see what what, what how they develop th- this show. Um, I don't think I don't think Ken Johnson was was thinking that when he first developed it. Right. Well, you know, we're past Ken Johnson. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Well, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll see what they do with this. We'll see one. what happens. But mm-hmm. all right. Well, uh, if you want to give us your thoughts on corporatism, we'd certainly love to hear them. You can either call or email into the show, and we'll give you that those details in just a little bit here. And uh, but those are our thoughts on corporatism, mm-hmm. and uh, and that, and how that plays into V and science fiction. Science fiction, of course, has explored just many, many more movies than we've even thought of. Right. And if you have a good movie that you think represents corporatism, let us know. We'd love right. to hear it. Mm-hmm. We'd love to play your thoughts in the show. All right. Let's go into our trivia. A question for uh, we like to extend out to you uh, since we talk about uh, the Tom Swift uh, um, upcoming movie development. Uh, we're going to have a Tom Swift uh, question. All right, and um, 
here's the question. See if I can word this into a question. We have a uh, this little weapon that has become popular, especially uh, since we have the air patrol that people like what are they, the air marshals? I guess that ride the planes mm. and policemen. They carry these things. These things called tasers. Can anyone tell me what the term taser? What the word taser is an acronym for? Right. And I will give you a hint. It's related to Tom Swift. So I don't want to give too much away. By the way, if you want to email us or call in those answers, we have a little gift for you, don't we, Miles? This That's week? true. If you know the answer to the trivia question and uh, respond in time, you will get a paperback uh, copy of uh, Star Trek, uh, the novel, the, that, that just uh, the novelized version of the movie. Right. So uh, we have a copy of it here waiting for you. So if you're interested in this, please let us know what the word TASER is an acronym for. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, and of course, as always, if we get more than one entry, we'll be, you know, pulling names from a hat. Miles and I will play rock paper scissors and pick out the uh, and pick out the uh, the right one, the one that wins. And um, so, when you call in, leave us your details or a way that we can contact you if we do pull your name, and we can get the item to you. So we love to give that away. We gave away Parapsycho uh, last week and we'll, uh, this week, and we'll be giving away this next week. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a show next week. So we'll see. Well, we'll plan on it. So I believe that's it for the show. Okay. Um, so then, let's uh, give our uh, details. How can people uh, find us? Contact um, us. I am on Facebook, uh, just Miles McLaughlin. Also, I'm on Trek Space, but I have a Twitter account, uh, Son of Wharf on uh, Twitter. Yep, and that'll that'll get you there. You can find me on Twitter at Herzog H E R T Z O G, and. Um, you can also uh, find out more about us by emailing us at zogpod.com. Uh, as a Gmail account. It should be zogpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also find out more about Dining at the Universe or find out the show notes and see the video clips we've been talking about at diningattheendoftheuniverse.com. And uh, you can call in. We have a listener line for you to call in your answers, and that's 206-600-4824. And I believe that's it, Miles. Okay, uh, until then, good night and good luck. We'll see you later.
I don't know if I'll upset the status quo if I throw poison in the water main. Listen close to everybody's heart and hear that breaking sound. Hopes and dreams are shattering apart and crashing to the ground. I cannot believe my eyes. How the world's filled with filth and lies, but it's plain to see evil inside of me is on the rise. Look around, we're living with the lost and found. Just when you feel you've almost drowned, you find. Up on solid ground, and you believe there's good in everybody's heart. Keep it safe and sound. With hope, you can do your part to turn a life around. I cannot believe my eyes. Is the world finally growing wise? 'Cause it seems to I cannot believe. 